Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, we've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. The Saturday show is brought to you or presented proudly by our friends at Mountainland Supply. You find all the solutions for all the things you need around your home, whether you're a pro or a do-it-yourselfer, by going to mountainland.com. Appreciate them being a patron here of this show and hope you guys are all doing great out there on this Saturday morning. Hope your morning is going better than the BYU men's basketball program. Uh, Just about to uh, get the second half underway from the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. BYU down 48-30. to Uh, That's quite possibly the worst half of basketball BYU has had in quite some time. They gave up 48 points and in a 20-minute half. That's a pretty incredible number. If BYU doesn't figure things out here, they could get boat raced. They're already down almost 20, but geez. It's not good. All right, um, we're going to let you hear now from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as well as BYU athletic director Tom Homo. They spoke to the media yesterday afternoon about what they're calling a, quote, new unprecedented contract for Kalani Sitake. And I think there's some interesting things you're going to hear from Homo and Sitake. We're not going to play the entirety of this press conference. It went for over 30 minutes. We're going to let uh, play, I think, about an 18-minute clip of it. So you're going to hear plenty in here. But if you want to hear the entirety of it, you can just search out the Zone Sports Network dash Brigham Young University on your podcast provider of choice. That is the home for all of our BYU audio, interviews, press conferences, and otherwise here on the Zone Sports Network. You can hear the entire press conference. And we'll let you hear now from Tom Homo as well as Kalani Sitake. I'm sitting next to a man here that I have a great deal of respect for. And I love this guy. And it just so happens that he's a great coach. So we have this amazing combination of character and football acumen and love and mentoring and leadership that we feel is super important for our program, our university, and all of Cougar Nation. Um, I feel like Kalani has made an incredible commitment to BYU football. He's made a commitment to the student athletes. He's made a commitment to his staff. He's made a commitment to Cougar Nation. You can see everybody around um, Cougar Nation to incredible heights where everybody's feeling great about the Cougs and the way they play the ball. So thus we felt that it was imperative and very important that we made that same commitment back to him. And so today I'm happy to say that we have an unprecedented contract with Kalani and BYU football that will keep him here for years to come. And we're so grateful that he is a coach for BYU that brings stability in a time where in college athletics right now, there's a lot of instability. And when you look around this program, you see student athletes that are calm and poised that play and have fun and love the game and love to learn. And those are the fundamentals that Kalani has taught these players. 
and to, for me to feel it and Cougar Nation to feel that love, we want to put it together and keep it rolling. I have great value for this man, for his wife, Timberly, and their children, the Sataki family, that we are now <clears throat> moving forward into a, a great future, moving one more year in independent football schedule and then into the Big 12. And there's no one else on the planet that we'd rather do it with than Coach Kalani Satake. Kalani. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right. Um, first of all, I just, just want to express my um, appreciation and gratitude for the opportunity that I have to be head coach here at BYU Football. And But uh, more than anything, my time here, um, being around such wonderful people and, and – uh, and to work under President Worthen and his leadership in, in Upper Campus Administration, and then with Tom Holm, our athletic director, and uh, his staff here and, um, with our athletic department administration. It's been a pleasure for me, uh, and I've learned quite a bit, and I've grown quite a bit. And, uh, but it's been it's been, uh, it's been a wonderful experience for me uh, going throughout the past six years uh, of, of progress and, and to be able to focus on our culture with love and learn but also the to feel the 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 love and appreciation i have from them i appreciate them and uh and i'm thankful that i get to work with wonderful people on campus and with that being said i i'm really excited about this opportunity to be the head coach and to have the stability that that uh tom mentioned and uh, this whole situation has never been about me it's been about our program and uh specifically about about our players. And so I'm really excited for the opportunity that, uh, that we have um, with our coaching staff and our support staff and, and everyone involved in BYU football, um, specifically the players, uh, the opportunities that they're going to have and the resources that they're going to have to to get us into this situation to have success. And so uh, I'm really excited about that. And, and um, finally, I, I mean, most of all, I'm, I'm just going to tell BYU fans I'm so happy. And um you know, before I, I, I say it all the time, but before I was a BYU head coach and before I was a BYU football player, I was always a BYU fan. And so I um, appreciate all the support that that, uh, that, I, that we have received from uh, Cougar Nation and um, warms my heart. I hope I hope they know how much uh, I love I love them and how much our team loves them and how excited we are to perform in this bowl game going into next week and, and uh, I think this is a good moment for us to be focused on the game and be focused on trying to um, have a wonderful moment in the Independence Bowl and, um, and looking forward to, to this next week and the festivities and all that but more than anything I, more than anything, I just want want the fans to know how much uh, I love I love them and then so thank you so much and uh, looking forward to this let's let's get this thing rolling <laughs> so any questions? I know some of you might have a few for Tom. <laughs> oh, by the way, I wore three shades of blue to celebrate the moment. So thank you very much. Thank you, Coach. We're all excited to have you, and congratulations. Uh, we'll start with questions with, from Alex and then Jason Shepard um, and then John Kuhn with Associated Press. Hi, Tom. Hi, Kalani. Thanks, uh, thanks for doing this for uh for us today. Congrats, Kalani, on the new on the new contract. Um, 
Tom, I'm curious, you mentioned it was in the release and then you mentioned it just now that um, this contract for Kalani is unprecedented. That's the word that you used. I'm curious what exactly makes it unprecedented. And um, as any follow-up, Kalani, you've been in the coaching uh, profession for a while. You've seen a lot of contracts. Would you consider it as unprecedented? I'll start. I feel it's unprecedented because Kalani and I got together with Brian Santiago, my deputy AD. And we started talking about the program. The program really starts with Kalani, but it also goes deeper than that. It goes into Kalani's coaching staff. It goes into his office staff. It goes on to the people around the strength staff, the trainers. There's so many people that are involved in the success of this program. And when we started talking about the future with Kalani, Kalani wanted to start with them. He didn't want to start with himself. And so I think it's unprecedented. And I believe it's unprecedented because one, we're able to move forward with our head coach leading the way in a long-term contract. It also is unprecedented that we have made the commitment to Kalani and his staff going forward and for the rest of the program that we're going to do the things that we need to to bring BYU football into this modern age where we're, we've been an independent, and now we're going to the Big 12. And it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a concerted effort between our administration, BYU Athletics, BYU Football, Kalani and the staff. We're all in this together. And I think that one of the things that's really made me feel good about this whole thing is Kalani loves the department. It's so cool to see Kalani um, – just feeling it with the head, other head coaches and conferring and con, um, consulting with and them talking about the games and talking about their players. And it, it kind of, it all felt so good that it's unprecedented because Cougar Nation wanted it badly. They had, Kalani had made a commitment to Cougar Nation and Cougar Nation has made a commitment to Kalani. We just had to put that all together. Am I supposed to add anything on that? I don't know. You can see if Alex. Did Alex want me to add something on that? Yeah, I just, um, you know, because you've been in the coaching profession for such a long time and um, and I've seen many, many a contract as an assistant or as a head coach, I'm curious if if you believe that this new contract um, is unprecedented, if that's your opinion as well. I believe it is um, for for the main reason that it's it's not just about me. This is, this is um, about the program and about the players uh, about the staff. Um, and so it, it's, to me, that's what makes it different is I, I know that everyone, uh, and a lot of times the, the head coach gets a lot of the, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the attention, but for, for me, it's, it's more than that. It, it's, it's the, uh, I mean, I, I know I'm the guy that stands out in front of, um, you know, the game and, and, and cheers. And I'm like, I get really excited and, and uh, I dance. I do all that stuff because I'm a big-time fan. I love watching our boys perform. Um, but uh, it, it's not a one-man show. This is this is something that takes uh, a, a bunch of people and a lot of sacrifices from a lot of other uh, wonderful people I get to work with. And so this is getting them the opportunities and, and getting our players um, the opportunities and resources. And uh, that, that's why, in my opinion, for, for me, the unprecedented part is that it, it involves more than just the head coach. Yeah, and let me follow up on that, too. I, I believe that you know, Kalani has dreams for BYU football, and we talk about those visions a lot. 
And so when we talk about unprecedented, it's about unprecedented about what we can do at BYU. We're not really, Kalani doesn't really concern himself with other schools and how they do it. And it's more about what he and his boys are going to do. And I think that that's where the unprecedented statement comes from for me is that I feel that we're taking this to another level here at BYU. Go ahead, Jason. Kalani, uh, both you and Tom have mentioned just how much, you know, BYU fans have reached out and they wanted this to happen. But over the last couple of days, you've had so many current players, former players, recruits, transfers, all take to social media and talking about their support of you, not just now, but wanting you to be here long-term. What does that support mean to you? It had already started, and they didn't let us in until after it started. I mean, the, the support, um, it, it's, it's, it's been really nice. And, and, and the, uh, um, you know, I, I – uh, this is this is so much fun because the, the fans and uh, the alumni, and it's not just um, football, but it's just you can just feel the love from everybody, and um, I, I think our players they they feed off of that, our team feeds off of that, our program does, and so why wouldn't the head coach feed off of that? Um, makes my family feel really want, uh, wonderful as well, and you know I, I I thanked a lot of people, but I'm so thankful that my family allows me the time to spend with um, with everybody I sometimes I put uh, other people first and 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 they're the ones sometimes that have to share their dad or or, or their husband so uh, I'm really thankful that, that I have a wonderful family that supports me and and, and knows the um, how important it is to, to be around the fans and uh, and I think they enjoy it as well but this is this is something that's just uh, I feel so good, man. I, I feel so good about everything now, and 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 going into uh, our bowl prep and going to our practices. It was nice to, to share with the with the players the news that that um you know the commitment that 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 I'm seeing and that we're seeing from our our, our administration and from our school. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to to getting to I mean getting to practice and working tonight and and, and getting on and and then I'm seeing a bunch of wonderful people in Shreveport. Go ahead, John. Um, as, as far as the new contract goes, what was the timeline for, for working on this contract? And was there a sense of urgency to to get the details ironed out and get everything done as quickly as possible? You want to take it? Yeah, I think it's still, I mean, it's everything's still a work in progress. And, and, and there's a, I can tell you one thing that the, BYU is in a situation now that they've never been before uh, talking about athletics and what I'm seeing from the leadership I've been really impressed with. Uh, there's going to be opportunities for us to, um, to continue to, to be innovative and creative in how we do things and how we operate. And I'm um, looking forward to seeing the, the wonderful things that, and the opportunities that we're going to give our, all of our student athletes, which means that extends also to our fans and to our, our, our students that are here on, on, on campus and our, our faculty and staff. We'll have questions now from Sean and then Jake. Yeah, Coach, congratulations on the extension, just like everybody else on this call again. But uh, you you talked a little bit about, obviously, 
your role, and Tom talked about your role, and we know about your assistants and A-Rod and Elisa, Ed Lamb, all of them. Um, how important is that kind of support, that support staff structure and role of guys like Jason and Jack and, and John Swift and some of those guys? I mean, can you can we talk a little bit more about those guys and kind of what this means for some of them maybe as well as part of the kind of unprecedented nature of the, the announcement? Of course. I mean, I think the, uh, you know, we have wonderful people that are behind behind the scenes. I'm glad you mentioned them by name, but the the, the, the do a lot of the work that people don't ever hear about. And so this this program doesn't work without those people that that, that uh, are in the in the background and don't really care to be in the spotlight. Um, but but do so much work and sacrifice so much of their time and 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 I, I you know I, I want to express my my appreciation to their families our coaches families but our, also our support staff and their families for uh, allowing their their family members to do you know to sacrifice a lot of their time for us and uh, whatever we can do to get them um, more uh, resources more opportunities to uh, I feel like we have a wonderful brand of football and the more people we can add to it the, the more um, it, it just grows exponentially and how we can reach uh, different parts of not just the country but the world and so whether that's in recruiting or that's in just sending the mission of our, our team and our vision of our team the culture of our team which is w- well in line with what the, the mission of the school and the athletic department, um, just getting that out there and, and doing whatever we can to to promote it and, and promote the brand and and that's that's the exciting part for me and, and the exciting part for our support staff. It's just uh, everything's going to grow. That that's just going to happen naturally. And we've done some wonderful things with what we already have. And like I said, I've seen some wonderful things from our, our leadership in our athletic department. But we we have an opportunity now going into the Big Twelve in in a, in a year's time, right? That that um where we, we can get our brand going even stronger. And the, the, and the brand is really strong because Cougar Nation is really strong. It's big time. So uh, it's just giving us the opportunities to keep working and, and finding ways to innovate and, and create opportunities and more more opportunities for, for a bigger impact and bigger influence. This question, I guess, for Tom first, but Kalani, you feel free to chip in on this as well. But uh, obviously, this is a deal for Kalani, Tom, but will there be additional funds allocated for assistance and off-the-field staff under this new deal? Yes. It's not part of Kalani's deal, but part of our vision and how we put it together was their separate pieces that are moving forward. Okay, so they will, but there, so there will be a separate essentially agreement for those other parts of this is what you're saying. Right, and I, I would say that the assistant coaching pool is those contracts are coming together as we speak. So they'll all be done and renewed it for January 1st. Kalani, just on that, is that, is that what you wanted? Did you want to have additional resources for your staff? Of course for, for the staff and for the, the players. And, um, you know, the, I, th- I think that's, it's well aligned with what, what we want to do. We just, we just want to do it. We've done it really well. We just want to keep doing it better. Patrick Cahan. Uh, this message is for Tom. Tom, I was wondering, could you talk about how this budget of your football budget compares to some of the other budgets in the Big 12? Yeah, Patrick. I think it's important to note that we went about all of the budget items. So we talked about salaries, areas, 
in different areas or different uh, commitments and outlay of, of money and funding. And this goes back to uh, a, com- a combined effort where we looked at what other schools in the PAC in the big 12 we're doing we looked at some pac 12 we looked at some of the other p5 conference we looked about where we had come from and together we kind of came up with those numbers and we're still working with those as to what we were going to need to do to get it right and so i think that i I wouldn't want to compare it to any one or any conference but I think that we can look each other in the eye and say, we're on track. This is where we want to be. This is where we want to go. And if we have to adapt, we'll adapt. There you go. Kwani Sitake as well as Tom Homo. And I think that most recent, and Pete came with a great question. What, uh, in terms of the other budgets out there in the Power Five, how did they influence BYU? And I'm glad to hear that BYU looked around. They looked at their fellow uh, future Big 12 compatriots. They looked at the Pac-12 they know what they're up against in terms of overall budgets. And I'm not going to pretend to say that BYU suddenly is going to have just millions upon millions of dollars to spend at their discretion going in uh, to this new era of football for them and new era just overall in their athletic department as members of the Big 12. But everything I heard from that press conference indicates to me that BYU is going to be funding the football program in particular at a level they've never funded it before. And they should have been funding it to a higher level than – what they were for many, many years. I can go back to the Lavelle Edwards era even and make an argument that they were under um, underfunding the program or not giving them the resources, and they over they overachieved relative to what they had. And the, the, the nice part is, and if what I understand about everything that happened yesterday and everything that happened to get this new deal done is that BYU, I think, finally realized that doing more with less is not going to work long term. So there's a lot going on uh, for BYU, but the good news is, Cougar fans, is that you can rest easy knowing that the man that's led you to this success the last two seasons, 21 wins, looking at hopefully 22 next week when they take on UAB in the Independence Bowl, that man is apparently going to be sticking tight in Provo for the foreseeable future. And let me also be clear on one thing. I don't think Kalani Satake for a second wanted to leave BYU. This is a guy who is living his dream. He has always dreamed of being the head man in Provo. So I think that he is where he wants to be, and it's good to have a guy like that in charge of your program. All right, more in a moment. We'll get to five minutes of some potential breaking news for the RSL uh, fans out there. We'll talk about that. We'll get to five minutes of Saki and a whole lot more right here on the Saturday show, right here on the Zone Sports Network. Let's go live. We talk jazz, utes, cougars, and Aggies, even on the weekend. weekend. You're locked on to the Saturday show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network, brought to you by our friends at Mountainland Supply. Check out all of their products and find a location near you at mountainland.com. Don't look now, folks. BYU down just 10. Uh, just over eight minutes to go in this contest, 8.26 to go. Uh, big three uh, made by BYU to get it within 10 here. And Cougars looking to rally. They've been down, feels like 20 most of this game, but 
see if they can get things going here and make a run here to get a what would be, I think, a pretty sizable win in a neutral site event out there at the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Creighton's a very good team, though. And that name right there, Ryan Nemhard, that should be a name that you're going to be paying attention to because Andrew Nemhard is his older brother, the Gonzaga Bulldogs standout. So uh, we'll keep you guys updated on that game. But Creighton just made two free throws to push the lead back to 12 for them. All right, time for five minutes of. So let's start off with where we always start in five minutes of and some sake. go a fun open for Saki where we talk about the biggest topics in soccer and hockey and let's talk about the soccer front a little bit of, I guess we call it breaking news nothing officially official but Taylor Twelman a guy who is uh, I consider one of the preeminent soccer voices in this country works for ESPN a former player himself he has announced that RSL, Real Salt Lake, and head coach, or interim head coach, uh, Pablo Mastroeni, have, quote, agreed in principle, unquote, on a new deal to keep Pablo uh, as RSL's manager. Jeff, uh, there were some rumors out there that Pablo was either going to interview or had already interviewed with FC Cincinnati for their head coaching vacancy. Uh, you and I were kind of talking off the air when we saw this during the break. I think this is uh, what you kind of had to do if you're RSL. Yeah, there. I mean, there were some a number of names that were floated out there um, before playoffs started. One of them, I think, the biggest name and probably what most people wanted, being Jason Kreis. That Jason Kreis might have come back. Obviously, he hasn't had a lot of success recently mm-hmm. um, in New York and Orlando. I think he's, I want to say, the USU twenty three assistant right now. Okay. Um. Anyway. Um. So I don't know if everybody was 
you know, super on board with the Master Rennie as head coach hype train before playoffs, but when RSL made it in the playoffs and their, their incredible one winning at Seattle, winning at Sporting Kansas City, just getting in the playoffs at all, I think that there was no other option. And after having this the season be over now, I think if it is true that they do end up going to Master Rennie, I do think it's the correct decision, and especially after what he did in the playoffs and how he kind of was able to move, like drag the team over after Freddy Juarez left, I think it would have been just cruel to not to not give him that job. Well, and that's the thing. The, he stabilized this franchise. Freddy Juarez left this team high and dry to go join an intra-conference rival. Like, they were... They could have easily just fallen apart and just let things go. And to Pablo's credit, and to by the way, he was working without a full staff because when Freddie left, they didn't replace him. So he didn't have his full complement of coaches. He comes in and says, you know what? He abandoned us, speaking of Freddie Juarez. You guys, we need to figure some things out. And you and I, Jeff, you and I both, we enjoy watching RSL and all that stuff. The fact that they made a run like they did in the playoffs – what an incredible run it was. But yeah, at, with what he did to help stabilize what could have been just a situation where this team absolutely splintered and fell apart, you got to give him a chance here. Yeah. And what I think is really interesting is that Mastroeni didn't, when he came in, he didn't come in and, you know, of course he was, he was working as an assistant before. Sure. But um, he didn't, I guess, stick to one plan and mm-hmm. use it until the end of the season. He tried different stuff. He tried different formations. He worked things differently. And there were some lows that, you know, our cell fans are probably going to hate for me for bringing up. But, for example, losing 6-1 at Portland, losing at home 4-3 to San Jose. Like Correct. There were some bad, bad moments. But when you have a coach, you know, take over three-fourths of the way through the season, that's going to happen. But he... He he didn't he didn't just throw throw the season out. Said okay, if the season's over, I'm taking over. But let's just let's just make it to the end. He's like okay, let's try this, let's try that. He tried different formations. He tried to make something of the end of the season, and it worked out because sure. RSL made it to the Western Conference Finals. And so I think that you know he really put the work in once he took over. And that, that's the thing about that is, and there was part of it probably because he's the interim manager. He can try things because he, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to give this a shot. Let's see if it works. And they, they found some answers. There's no doubt about that. So uh, congratulations to Pablo Mastroeni. Um, if it is indeed a done deal that he will be remaining as the head coach for RSL, I do wonder how long of a deal they will give him, uh, two years, three years, whatever it might be. And hopefully he can build off this. He obviously did not have a good run in Colorado, and a lot of people thought, well, that's why you don't hire him. You know what? You got to give him a shot at this point and just see what he see what he can do. And the funny thing is, just the storylines of this guy being a former Colorado Rapids sensation and being on the opposite side of the Rocky Mountain Cup rivalry, now leading RSL, is just kind of funny to me. So, just one of those things. All right. Um, so, other other news in in hockey. And Jeff, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, the Gila River Arena in Arizona. Uh, threatened to lock the doors on the Arizona Coyotes for not paying their taxes. 
don't know if you saw the story earlier this week. Technical uh, foul. This <laughs> is a little bit of a technical foul. Uh, there was a report Wednesday night that the team was at risk of losing access to Gila River Arena where they play their home games because of more than $1.3 million in unpaid city and state taxes. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes uh, have been a franchise who has just had all kinds of issues beset them. Uh, coaching issues, player roster management issues in terms of overall and just the overall the fact that they've not made much money, but you got to pay your taxes. So they were at threat of being locked out of their arena, but apparently have come current. Uh, they made a statement uh, late on Wednesday and blamed, quote, human error, unquote, for the accounting issues. So you somehow had a human error that accounted for $1.3 million in back taxes? Okay, um, you can use that as your excuse. Uh, but Gary Bettman, uh, this has been a franchise, speaking of Arizona, that has been rumored to be on the move potentially just because of all of the issues they have faced. Gary Bettman, the um, NHL commissioner, says that they are not a threat uh, to relocate out of Arizona. There's no issue, as he says. But the more things happen here, I just don't get it. So I don't know. It's weird to me that this is a franchise who continues to be a problem child for uh, the National Hockey League and I just wonder how much longer they'll sit by and just let them kind of do what they do. All right, so that's Saki. Let's talk for a minute here about some other news that I just saw come out. Uh, Charlie Brewer, of course, the head, co- uh, not the head coach, the quarterback who started the season for the University of Utah. Damien Sordelet, a guy who covers the Liberty Flames out in Lynchburg, Virginia for the Lynchburg News, I believe is what he works for. Uh, Josh Newman from Salt Lake Tribune also confirming this. Well, apparently Charlie Brewer has found his next stop in his college career. He's going to go play for the Liberty Flames. From Baylor to Utah to Liberty. Interesting. Okay, and I'll be honest with you. I had conversations with some folks around the – around Waco and folks down there near where uh, he had played at Baylor who thought that he was going nowhere but playing in Texas. So I'm a bit stunned that he is going to play at Liberty reportedly here. But apparently uh, Malik Willis exiting uh, Liberty obviously is, uh, I think, a guy who's going to be considered a top NFL draft prospect at quarterback. And apparently uh, Hugh Freeze thinks that he can do something with Charlie Brewer. I have my questions that that's probably not the pickup that they need. But still, I just, I look at this, I'm like, all right, as you, as you mentioned, Baylor to Utah, not a Liberty. There is connections between Baylor and Liberty. Ian McCaw, uh, the former AD at Baylor, is now the AD at Liberty. And there are some other things that connect those two universities. I just wonder how much of that connection may have played into this. But Stunning that uh, Charlie Brewer will get one more chance, it looks like, playing for Liberty out there in Lynchburg. And uh, wish him well, obviously, and we'll see what shakes out with that. But it's just a little bit surprising to me to see him uh, all of a sudden pop back up into the news because he, he had entered the NCAA transfer portal. And I, I trust me, I had talked to him with enough people in Texas who thought that he was going to go home and play his final season in Texas. So, yeah, well, and obviously he, you know, he wasn't going to be done, he was going to go somewhere, but. I think there's a certain amount of concern after how things went down at Utah that it's like, okay, like what what exactly went wrong here? Because it seems like I mean, I guess I don't really know, so maybe I shouldn't say anything, but it 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 didn't go down well. It was not a it didn't seem like a very amicable um like, oh, it worked out for every like it it was a really weird situation. So I think some people might be looked at that and be like, do we want him 
after what happened at Utah. So good for him that he found someone that it worked out with. Yeah, and that that's the thing about that is he wants to finish out his career on a high note, hopefully, and he's going to get a chance at Liberty. I, I've got my questions of how effective a, of a quarterback he can be, but apparently Hugh Freeze and the Flames uh, are – thinking that they can do something with his talents, uh, I, I guess. I, and the funny thing about this, I just I had to confirm this. I just looked this up. Do you know who plays Liberty next season here locally? I'm going to say either BYU or Utah. BYU. They go to Lynchburg next year. It's a, it's a return trip. Liberty came out here, I believe, is in 2019. Uh, return trip for BYU. They will go to Lynchburg, Virginia, take on the Liberty Flames. So Charlie Brewer could be facing BYU for the second time in two seasons with two different teams. Uh, obviously, he'll have to win the the job, and that might just do it for Creighton right there. They said a big three to go up 73-56. So uh, BYU really under the gun now, under four minutes to go in this contest, and it sure looks like that may have put the – uh, chances of BYU's comeback to bed. They're going to really have to get things going here. They want to come back in this one. All right. Uh, we will come back on the other side, wrap up today's show with some final thoughts, news, notes, and uh, maybe we'll have a final from the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We'll have more in a moment. This is the Saturday show brought to you by friends at Mountainland Supply right here on the Zone Sports Network. <laughs> The weekend is here, and we're breaking down the teams that you're passionate about. Oh, really? This is the Saturday Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Hope y'all are doing great out there wherever you might be on this Saturday. We are wrapping up today's edition of the Saturday show, but it's been a fun show. It kind of flew by, didn't it, Jeff? Like, I just realized we were like in our final segment. I'm like, where'd that go? Time flies when you're having fun, and Saturday show's a blast, so. It is fun. We like to have fun here. We Let's put it this way. We're not going to sh- come in here and be like, all right, hot take central, let's go. Right? That's just not how we operate. I feel like I've had a couple that if I said them like on like weekday airways might get a little bit of flack, but I don't, you know, I don't thrive off of controversy. I don't look for that attention. I, I like being left alone to my opinions. Sure. I, I understand that. Absolutely. So there is a lot going on in the sports world this time of year. We all know that. The Utah Jazz will be in action later on this evening. Uh, Utah State will also be in action in hoops. I believe they're taking on New Orleans tonight. Uh, those two games will be offset by a couple of hours, though. The Utah Jazz are in action taking on the Washington Wizards in Washington, D.C. That uh, game scheduled to tip off at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, pre-game coverage with Jake Scott as well as Tim Lacombe will begin at 4 p.m. Uh, Jeff will, of course, be producing that. He does a great job as the executive producer of those broadcasts. And then I believe 6.30 will be pre-game coverage on 1280 a.m. of Utah State as they welcome in New Orleans here on The Zone Uh Interesting matchup for Utah State coming off that loss to BYU. And uh, speaking of BYU, they are going to lose this game. It looks like they're in South Dakota. Uh, I'm just seeing this come across, actually. Alex Barcelo with a new season high, five three-pointers. So it's his 15th time reaching 20 points as the Cougars. But the issue is uh, 
BYU is at a severe size disparity, and that has kind of doomed them in this game. Cougars uh, were ranked 24th. They'll split these games this week. I would be hard-pressed to think they stay in the national rankings next week, considering they're 24th, but we'll see. The college basketball rankings are so weird to me because they range so wildly week to week. And we all know that at the end of the season, it's actually more of a, uh, what do we call it, a an actual system that rewards a champion who can actually prove it on the court. If college football has been a sport that we have settled in terms of debates and polls for many, many years, whereas when it comes to college basketball, they have a 64-team tournament, now 68-team tournament, that determines the champion. So it's one of those things It's uh, more of, I guess, I don't know how to, how to adequately say it, but the nice part is, Rankings are great and all in college hoops, but all that really matters is Selection Sunday in March and then those weekends, which we all just absolutely adore. The College hoops, March Madness, it's hard to beat in terms of just the overall vibe and everything. Uh, are you a college hoops fan by and large, Jeff? I don't know what your background is. I probably wouldn't say by and large, but yeah. I do I, I do enjoy it. Okay, because like, March Madness for me injected right into my veins, man. I love that stuff. It's yeah, so much I'm not fun. I'm not uh, four screens in one room kind of guy mm-hmm. because I know there are plenty of people that are. But, but uh, I yeah, enjoy you're, you're looking at one of them. Trust that's me. amazing. That's that's props to you though. I so back in college, I had some roommates who, and to their credit, they're actually bigger college hoops fans than I am. Uh, we were. This is still, and I was in college long enough ago that. Uh, cable and getting multiple screens working was still a little bit of an issue and whatnot. We would jimmy rig it, and we would legitimately have four different TVs rolling at all times those first couple of weekends in March. It was we were having the time of our life watching game after game, just living and dying. It was those are days that I'll never forget. Let's put it that way. So one of those things you, you look back on and say, okay, that was really really fun. Yeah. See, I my I guess time of all consumption is world cup okay Um, we got world cup coming up next year yeah it it was a perfect situation for me in 2018 when i worked at byu tv because you know i'm working in a place that has a million screens up and so we've got all these different screens going for world cup games as we're as we're doing our job and so that was that was my perfect situation as far as multiple screen sports watching goes. Yeah, we've had, trust me, we, we the World Cup stuff is absolutely nuts. And it's going to be weird next year because they're putting the World Cup in November of all things. Well, it's going to be weird anyway because of, I mean, you want to get technical fouls, we're going to get we're going to get so much stuff going on next uh, year for the World Cup. Yeah. The, I've got my own things to quibble with that, but we'll just leave it because we are, what, we got a minute to go here on the show. So uh, we can talk about that another time when it gets a little closer. We can dedicate an entire Saturday show to that if we, we if needs be. We could, absolutely. but we'll, Special edition. We'll talk about it. All right. So anyways, a big thank you to all of you for joining us here on the Saturday show. It's been a fun day, but the day is just getting going here on the Zone Sports Network. As I mentioned, jazz coverage is coming your way starting at 4 o'clock. You'll have Utah State coverage coming up at uh, 6.30. They'll be at home again at the Spectrum and other sports teams in action today. Utah's in action later on this afternoon. They'll be taking on Manhattan up at the, the Huntsman Center and 
Uh, should be an interesting game. Manhattan's actually off to a pretty good start this season. So Utah could be facing a little bit of a tough matchup there. But once again, a big thank you to all of you. It looks like BYU down 11 with just under a minute to go. So they're going to fall, suffer their second loss of the season. They'll be sitting at 8-2 and two as they uh, get back into action next week. And, of course, we'll have everything covered for you next week. Getting you ready for BYU and uh, UAB. It'll be kind of a pre-pregame show. Getting you ready for all the bowl action here on The Zone throughout uh, the show next week here on the Saturday show. All right, that's going to do it. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for joining us. The Saturday show has been brought to you by our friends at Mountainland Supply. Check them out. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. For Jeff, I'm Jake. Have a great rest of your Saturday. This has been the Saturday show right here on The Zone Sports Network. See you.